she. He's a she. He's a she. She. What? He's half man, half woman. What? The New World Order. The New World Order. Hey everyone. Rudy's Revelation. Welcome to the podcast. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. All right, so uh, Trump is out ahead making gains in demographics never seen before by a Republican candidate for president. And the Chinese communists' neo-Maoism, neo-Maoist authoritarianism is being lapped up by unwitting Western leftists. So I'll talk a bit about neo-Maoism, which Chinese dictator Xi Jinping is using to purge unloyal communists, much like Stalin did. And then I'll also uh, touch on the very limited hangout of the Jeffrey Epstein case in these so-called disclosures. So there's nothing really new coming out of that. And there's breaking news on a possible terrorist attack in Rochester, New York on New Year's Eve. We don't really have a lot of evidence, but I'll tell you what we do have. Well, don't forget to like, subscribe, Share the podcast, leave a comment. All right, let's get into the headlines. Ah! All right, we're going to start out on the the Hill, with the Hill. Uh, Trump leads Biden among Hispanic voters, according to a new poll. Former President Trump leads Biden among Hispanic and young voters. Young voters, that's more particular because... They try to make it seem like Hispanic voters have always been left-leaning. Actually, particularly Hispanics from communist countries like Cuba and Venezuela tend to lean right. And a lot of Catholics tend to, you know, and a lot of Hispanics are Catholic, and so they tend to lean right also. So that was always kind of a a little bit of misdirection that Hispanics are are leftist. Most of them aren't. But young voters are, particularly because... Young people don't have any wealth, and so they always, and they don't know much about economics usually, and so they're like, well, everyone should get stuff, um, but once they learn about what economic, modern economics is, and they build a little wealth, they, they tend to lean more right. Uh, the survey conducted by USA Today and Suffolk University, and USA Today is a left-wing publication, found that... Heading into the critical election year, Biden trails with several of the key demographics that help him win the White House in 2020. We're not going to go into the numbers. Everybody knows what's going on here. Uh, Most people are, are, it's clear that most people were better under a Trump administration. Trump's war on democracy. Trump is, you know, dismantling democracy. And nobody has said how he's actually doing that. Uh, Democracy is actually a process the democratic process, that's what democracy is. And so they don't explain how that is. They just say, but actually the Democrats are undermining democracy by trying to get Trump out of the election by any means necessary. 
So this is the USA Today article, a USA Today poll, which also includes the black community, a fraying coalition, black, Hispanic, young voters abandon Biden as election year begins. And their lead says President Joe Biden heads into election year showing alarming weakness. Well, <laughs> he certainly does show alarming weakness among stalwarts of the Democratic base with Donald Trump leading among Hispanic voters. And I just talked about that. Young people, one in five black voters now say they support a third party candidate in November. So, but they don't address, they say one in five black voters say they'll support a third party candidate, but they don't ask the the black voters how many black voters will support Trump because that's why USA Today is a left-wing rag. Um, yeah, and then they go into the numbers. While seven candidates are specific by name, Trump lead inches up three percentage points with independent uh, Robert F. Kennedy at the top of the third party at 10%. Um, it's unfortunate that the USA Today, and this is all left-wing publications, do this. They frame the narrative or the argument in such a way that they're winning when they're actually losing. The findings underscore the formidable political task the president faces this year to win a second term. It's not that. It's it's the form, formidable political task it's going to take to defeat Donald Trump, and that's what they mean. They always frame it as support for Biden. There's no, There was never any really support for Biden. He was not Trump. So... In 2020, the support for not Trump was great. And then, of course, they lead with the first quote here is, I think he's done a reasonably sound job, but it's not been a wow administration, a Democrat who plans to vote for Biden. Why do they put that up there? Why don't they ask somebody why they'd be voting for a third party or ask a Hispanic person why they're voting for Donald Trump? They don't do that, and that was in the lead. You see, in journalism, what you usually need to do is you write a lead, and then, just like any sort of paper, you have your thesis in the beginning. Journalism is a little different. Um, it's the inverted pyramid. But what you put all the meat up top in journalism. You don't always do that in other papers. But So you have your lead, and then you go through the body of your story, basically using uh, uh, attribution, quotes from people, to prove what you say in your lead. And then you don't really need a conclusion in a journalism piece, but sometimes you do um, have one. But you put all your meat up front in a journalism piece. So you don't, they, first of all, their first attribution paragraph was four paragraphs down. And um, they're not proving what the polls say. All right, going to the Wall Street Journal, um, this is the news from yesterday, Wall Street Journal. China's Xi is resurrecting Mao's continuous revolution with a twist. The Chinese leader has made his corruption purge. It's a corruption purge. They don't really mean, that's not what they're saying. It's a loyalty purge. It's not a corruption purge. With millions punished, a pillar of his rule, and it risks paralyzing his party. Um, and that's typical of the Wall Street Journal saying it's a corruption purge because that's what the communist or Xi Jinping says it is. But it's not a corruption purge, it's a loyalty purge. And that's what the communists do. And all communists do, it's like after the revolution, 
um, they get rid of people and say, oh, these people were corrupt with show trials or whatever. But realistically, what they're doing is a loyalty purge. So if they're not loyal, that's what dictators do. If you're not loyalty, you're, you're not only just removed, but a lot of times you're killed. So it's not has nothing to do with Donald Trump in a democracy or in a republic. If if the head of the administration wants loyalty, which is his right to do, for his vision, he could obviously fire people who he deems not loyal, or in some cases trying to undermine him. But in communist, you know, it says Chinese rulers have long used campaigns against corruption to sideline rivals and consolidate power. So what did I just say? It's that it just says loyalty. It didn't say anything against corruption. Oh, come on, I mean, and it's not Chinese. It should say communists. Rulers have long used campaigns against ri rivals to consolidate power. Xi Jinping is increasingly tying his authority to a new variation, a purge that never ends. Basically, Stalinism. But neo Maoism isn't Stalinism. This is from the Diplomat. Right, which is an Asia-Pacific publication. Neo-Maoism, Chinese common prosperity, the Maoism of Xi Jinping. I, I should have called up this article already. This is ridiculous. The common prosperity of Maoism of Xi Jinping insights from Ming Zia. Although politics of, politics of sloganeering under the CPC, Communist Party of China, or the CCP, rule in China is nothing new. Xi Jinping has certainly pushed it to a new height. The biggest problem for his tactical use of new talk is that it lost its freshness because from Jing Zemin to Hao Jin Tu, and finally to Xi, namely the third, fourth, and fifth generation leadership, grandiose slogans have been cooked by the same author, Wang Junin, who is currently ranked number five in the standing committee for the CPC Politburo, the eminent author with bachelor degree and doctorate, has long exhausted his creativity mainly for following three reasons. The mounting new challenges have become more complex. The opposition elite has emerged and become more creative and the global environment has become more inclement for the survival of the Chinese Communist Party, exactly because COVID-19 poisoned the whole world. Common prosperity, and then it goes into the, it's just um, regurgitated sloganeering um, from Mao Zedong. From foreign affairs, China's neo-Maoist movement, how Xi Jinping is using China's past to accomplish what his present uh, predecessors could not. I'll just read the lead. They won't even let me get through the lead. Few countries commemorate historical milestones with the zeal of the people, People's Republic of China, the PRC, and the 2019 offers a bonanza of celebratory opportunities 40 years since Xi Jinping launched the economic reforms that opened China to the rest of the world. It's really Kissinger. 40 years since China and the United States established diplomatic relations and on September October 1st, 70 years ago, the founding of the PRC, the events provide the Chinese Communist Party. Opportunities laud the past achievement, legitimize the course it has set for the country and rally support. And then it goes on to say how they go on to uh, assert neo-Maoism, which is just, which is really just Stalinism with this, with an, a little more of an Asian zeal and more of a more fascist than communist. 
because what they real that what they realized because China was a backward country that they needed to modernize and you can't modernize without money and you can't have money unless you open up trade and so they don't China really doesn't have anything to trade they don't really what what are their raw materials to export they don't have any they don't have oil they don't have rare earth minerals they don't really have much steel all they have is manufacturing and that's where the west comes in china's new red guards the return of radicalism and the rebirth of mao zedong and this is from the financial times and then from the icas neo-maoism a growing ideology or niche subculture on Monday, and this is all from 2019, by the way, scholars attended an event at Wilson Center Kissinger Institute, an uh, adjunct fellow of the Asia Pacific Security Program at the Center for the New American Security, introduced his book, China's New Red Guards. The book explores the current trends of the reemergence and radical leftist movement, neo-Maoism, among the educated population. And that's what I said in my, talked about in my lead is that neo-maoism for some time now has been seeping into the minds witting and unwittingly and they're talking about the educated population here so it's more witting of neo-maoism and that's where you get this postmodern culture it's not really a subculture that leans toward authoritarianism for the good of the people um which is just a bastardization of of the left, of the ideal left, which is looking out for the all, which turns into groups. So it's not really looking out for the all, it's looking out for the sum. And what is the sum in communism? The sum was the proletariat. And now the sum is supposedly marginalized and oppressed groups. So the sum or the group is now blacks or LGBTQ or POC or whatever, but it's just divide and conquer strategy. That was, that's not Asian, it's really European from the French Revolution, as the Jacobins, which you'll see from the Jacobins often state. The discussion moderated by uh, Robert Daly, director of the Kissinger Institute at the Wilson Center, investigated the topics such as government's response to this activist movement, nationalism, what, Chinese nationalism? What, in America? The symbolism of Mao Zedong and how this movement is attracting a younger, educated, tech-savvy generation, although the Kissinger Institute normally focuses on U.S.-China relations and less so on the domestic landscape of China itself. Robert Daly stressed on the all-too-often the complexity of China is actually thinking is often missed. Therefore, it is critical to explore the current political discussions and ideologies that are thriving in China in order to better understand the viewpoints abroad. What they don't go on, this is they go into Chinese domestic culture as neo-Maoism, but they don't admit that neo-Maoism is a worldwide movement. You know, they use it through postmodernism, but it takes postmodern postmodern leftists toward the authoritarian end. And they just talk about, oh, the neo-Maoists in China. 
I mean, the whole system is based on Mao, on Maoism. And neo-Maoism is just what is old is new again. So you just put a, you shine up an old, and that's how you get the cultural revolution uh, here in the United States and the color revolutions and all these things. And that's how you get uh, transhumanism and, and transsexuality, transgender and all this crap. Uh, it's, it's, it's divisive. It's a divisive argument. Like in this country, you're free to do whatever you want as an adult, certainly. But to try to say that it's better for the planet if everybody uh, decides they're gender fluid, I doubt it. All right, The Garden has this article, uh, Reclaim Your Brain, Why It's Time to Stop Scrolling uh, Our Lives Away. Let's be honest, many of, our, many of us are unhappy with the excessive time we spend on our phones. I, I, I went out on about this at length. Uh, you need to uh, disconnect from electronics. I see people all the time just like, like scrolling through what, Instagram or something? It's one thing if you're reading something on your phone, like a book or a news article or, you know, to pass the time, maybe you're waiting in line for something for your bread or toilet paper or at the DMV or healthcare. Um, you know, if you want to occupy your time and you'd rather read than just sitting there looking at staring at the wall, I get it, but this the attractiveness of your phone is meant to be that way. It's it's a mind control, it's a mind control device. Um, that you're better off just putting it away when you get home, lock it in a drawer. I know young people won't do that, or go walk outside, go for a hike and leave your phone in the car or whatever. Um, or leave your phone in the car when you go to the store. See people walking through the store on their phones, it's like I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And it's, hey, I know. I have a uh, smartphone. It's addictive. And you tend to be, you tend to pick it up all the time uh, when you get bored and your attention span shortens. Um, this is supposed to be with the Chinese news. Chinese spy balloon used U.S. internet provider to communicate its location. It was spying. To say that it wasn't spying over the United States is... Uh, Untrue. Daily Mail judged to reveal disturbing claims about Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein by Prince Andrew's sex accuser, Joanna Schoberg. The legal documents relate to one of Prince Andrew's accusers. We're not going to learn anything new from these disclosures, I'm telling you. Nearly 200 names linked to Jeffrey Epstein expected to be made public. List could be released as soon as Tuesday after deadline for objections, unsealing of names passing midnight. Uh, I heard it was heavily redacted already. I heard it was released. Uh, I can't verify that, but we're not going to learn anything new. I think Bill Clinton might be hung out to dry, uh, but we already knew this. But I don't think any new names or, or, are going to be linked um, because Jeffrey Epstein did associate with people that weren't necessarily engaged in, in child sex trafficking or the use of child sex. And what we know so far is young teens so um, some people don't have problems with that, but it's somebody's daughter. And then uh, breaking news, this was from New Year's Eve. Front page says, was there a New Year's Eve Islamic terror attack in New York? Why there are a dozen gasoline canisters around an airport rental SUV? So this guy drove, drove from his home in Syracuse to Rochester, New York, to the airport there, rented a different car, 
And then apparently the car was full of gasoline canisters. And then he drove the car, which crashed and exploded, some reports say, in front of a movie theater, the Kodak Center, excuse me, that was letting out after a New Year's Eve concert, I believe, a New Year's Eve show. Um, and then the Jerusalem Post also has this story. Fatal New Year's Eve car crash in Rochester, New York, possible terrorist incident investigation. The New Year's Eve car crash in Rochester, New York is being led by a joint terrorism task force, although authorities do not know whether this was terrorism. I'll just read the lead. FBI and Rochester police are investigating a car crash that occurred about 12.50 a.m. in Rochester, New York on New Year's Eve after one of the vehicles was found to have at least a dozen cans of gasoline inside it causing a major fire. The car crash at the city's Kodak Center, which was hosting a concert, has added to the speculation that it may have been connected to a terrorist. The driver was from Syracuse, New York, and drove his car to the Syracuse airport where he rented an SUV that was involved in the incident. Okay, so the airport wasn't in Rochester. It was in Syracuse, which he then drove to Rochester. And so we don't have a name, and I guess it was fatal, so somebody died. So we'll have to follow that story. Moving on to other news, Dave Chappelle's new special, The Dreamer, hit Netflix, and the internet was instantly divided. So he's a comedian mocking people. So they, they never put it as that, because this is from Cinema Blend. But the next article is from NBC News. Dave Chappelle continues to mock trans people in new Netflix special. He's a comedian that mocks people. So uh, comedians have always mocked people. I, I don't understand why, whether, and he says he's friends with some trans people or whatever. Great. So, and then he makes fun of disabled people. I don't care. He's a comedian. If you don't like his comedy, don't see the special. Don't go see his show. But then there are Democratic operatives that go see the show and try to film him during the show you know, as to get to become viral or something like that to try to ruin him. And he ended a recent show because somebody um, disobeyed the rules of comedy shows. You can't film during comedy shows. I mean, I've known this since I used to go to a lot of comedy shows in the city, you know, 20 years ago. You can't film, <laughs> obviously. 20 years ago, I don't, were there cell phones, smartphones 20 years ago? Yeah, I think so, 20 years ago. Eh, not quite. So New York Times has an almanac publisher's 2024 prediction, tumultuous, the publishers of the annual's pocket Chinese almanac say they were alarmed to look ahead in 2020. We're all alarmed, the Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese pocket almanac. What does it say? It says, China will win. I don't know. Oh, he's so he's Hong Kong, so he's a Democrat. He said he predicted the um, the pandemic, the COVID pandemic. Good for him. All right, from the Hill, Bobert faults Ryan Reynolds, Barbara Streisand for her district switch. So apparently, if you didn't know, Lauren Bobert switched districts so she could remain in Congress because she was originally from a purple district that had a lot of um, high-profile Democrats, liberals, that lived in her district, including Ryan Reynolds and Barbara Streisand. 
And so she switched to a, a Republican stronghold so she could stay in con uh, in Congress, which I think is a good idea because she's needed in Congress. We need firebrands um, and not these mealy-mouthed friggin' Mitch McConnell and, and Rowan, Rona McDonnell. We need people that are going to fight um, for, you know, conservative, let's just say conservative culture. You know, I don't, I, I just want people to fight, whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or Matt Gates. I want people to fight the establishment. Moving on to other headlines in AI news, Chief Justice Roberts, AI will transform how the courts work. But he also goes on to say that justices and, 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 and human uh humans in uh, judicial matters making judgments or rulings will stay for some time, but he says AI will transform the court. I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. Even if it gets rid of other people that work in the Supreme Court, if AI is displacing jobs, that's bad. And so what happens when, the, when AI becomes smarter than humans? Are, are, then is it going to replace the rulings of chief justices? Politico magazine, a new kind of AI copy can fully replicate famous people. The law is powerless. The AI-generated digital replicas of real per experts expose an unnerving policy gray zone. Washington wants to fix it, but it's not clear how. Uh... His team has built an eerie, accurate version of Seligman himself, a talking chatbot whose answers drew deeply from Seligman's ideas, whose prose sounded like a folksier version of Seligman's own speech and whose wisdom anyone could access. Yeah. It's, it's coming, and it's bad. See, AI replicas are replacing people. Here's from ARS Technica, AI created virtual influencers are stealing businesses from human business from humans. Brands are turning to hyper realistic AI generated influencers from promotions. And just that was the Hollywood strike was all about that. They want to replace humans with AI versions that they don't have to pay. It's the whole point. It's it's corporate bottom line. New York Post, Biden spent 37% of 2023 at getaway spot in Delaware at posh vacation sites or at Camp David. So he spent nearly 40% on vacation of his presidency. All right, I can't get to this Fox News. I, I just can't. If you have ad blockers, I should be able to see your article. So I won't go to the story, which says a left-wing climate group is quietly preparing judges to rule on climate uh, decisions. Biden administration is from Axios. Biden administration works around Congress and another Israel emergency weapons sale. Illegal. New York Times is, is reporting uh, where was the IDF on October 7th, which is another article just showing uh, where was the Israeli military. The Times investigation found that troops were disorganized out of position and relied on social media to choose targets behind the failure. Israel had no battle plan for a massive Hamas invasion, even though they had the battle plan from Hamas detailing the invasion. IDF finds Chinese weapons used in Gaza 
China has an extensive arms industry, and an expert on China-Israel relations said, by definition, it does not sell weapons to non-state entities, but they had those weapons, uh, they had a massive number of Chinese weaponry used by Palestinian terrorists has been seized by the IDF in Gaza. Could be propaganda, perhaps. There is an effort by the communist state of China to wedge any, uh, any military, any um, uh, kinetic action against the West to embroil the United States or the West in as many uh, low-intensity armed conflicts as they can. Media, Tucker Carlson uh, launches stunning attack on Ben Shapiro. He obviously doesn't care about America. Most of you have seen this. Tucker was interviewed by, I forget what the podcast was, Sagar and Jetty, Breaking Points uh, podcast. And, And he was asked specifically about Ben Shapiro and, I don't like Ben Shapiro, so I don't care. Not because he's Jewish, um, because he's conservative establishment. And so I don't like the conservative establishment. And I don't like Ben Shapiro. Okay, he's a smart guy. He's annoying as hell. And I don't really care for what he has to say. And he demeans other people who have a populist message or particularly libertarians. It's like, (laughs) you're going to be, we're going to get our conservatism you know, through uh, authoritarian or not. It's like, who wants authoritarianism? Uh, Daily Caller reports, um, Jonathan Turley, the legal legal scholar who usually appears on Fox News, reportedly was swatted. Now, I don't know why someone would want to swat him. I mean, the left is completely bizarre. I mean, they just go after people. Okay, so you appear on Fox and that, you know, now Riley Gaines is going to get swatted. I don't, I don't think anybody should be swatted, you know, but you know, it's Jacobins. They're completely out of control and trying to use the system against, you know, in an unlawful manner against uh, uh, people they don't like because of their political views. And that's the problem why left is completely deranged um, and they're extreme because they have, most of them, like my brother, has Trump derangement syndrome. If you mention a word, if you say Trump, or I was talking to him the other day about Lindsey Graham, and I didn't say anything, I like Lindsey Graham or anything, I just said, Lindsey Graham was on Face the Nation, and he went, ah! You know, it's like you mentioned Trump, he's like, ah! Or Jordan Peterson, ah! Elon Musk, ah! They have a visceral reaction. It's like, you can't even discuss somebody that you might not like their views when you just say, well, I don't like, I don't agree with that person. But they don't. They have a physical, such an extreme emotional reaction, a trigger that they have a physical reaction. You know, go look that up. That's, a, that's, that's psychotic. That, that's a psychological issue. If you have some sort of intellectual stimulus that gives you a visceral physical reaction, a trigger, you know, that's what they call, they call triggers, and you can look it up in psychology today, it's a trigger if, you, if you're exposed to something and, and you have a visceral reaction. It's just ridiculous. Like someone could talk to me about left-wing politics or transgenderism or, you know, CRT, you know, whatever, 1690 Project. I read the 1690 Project. 
you know, I can do that. I can read the New York Times. I can, you can talk to me about your political views. And I, <laughs> I want the great replacement there, oh, it's racist. Elon Musk exposes immense and growing size of illegal alien invasion versus American births. That's true. Axios even reports America's slowest population growth since the Great Depression. Obviously, that's what Elon Musk is talking about. And that's why they want to bring in a lower class. And they've done this. The elite have done this throughout the ages. They bring in, you know, it used to be legally, they bring in immigration, whether it was from Italy or the Irish during the potato famine. A lot of different people, they bring in uh, whole classes of people for an underclass that then they use, like they use the Italians to build the railroad and they're gonna use the Hispanics and the other immigrant class, low, low, you know, immigrant classes to do other things, but keep wages low. It's the same thing with the Irish. And, and people are upset that they're using the illegal immigrants, Hispanic immigrants to fill military ranks and the police. They did the same thing with the Irish. When the Irish came, they filled the police ranks with Irish to do the elite's bidding. I mean, you could look at gangs in New York or any other uh, movie depicting 19th century politics, and you can see that that's the case. ABC News, Ohio governor uh, vetoes transgender sports, gender-affirming care ban. Republican governor Mike DeWine said he will draft rules to address concerns over care. He's, he's, have you ever seen this guy? He's pretty weak. I mean, Ohio is kind of purple, but it is a, a, it's still a Republican state. I don't know why, you know, for adults, but the thing is, it's, it's when you're dealing with transgender or gender fluid minors, there have to be restrictions because you can't, you know, I guess if your parents sign off on care, that's one thing. But as far as uh, transgender in sports, competing in sports, there's an advantage there, so it's not fair. What happened to justice in America? Newsweek, Biden warns U.S. military might get pulled into a direct conflict with Russia. We heard about this last week. Of course, they want to continue their plan. They're, they try to erode and entice the Russian military as much as possible. It's a trap. Dutch commander-in-chief call on Netherlands to prepare for war with Russia. It's World War III. We're marching towards. And then, right before or during, there'll be a cyber attack, and then the United States will be screwed. Did I go? I went over this. Bobert, this is the Bobert faults, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, Biden and Trump are poised for a potential rematch that could shake American politics. They originally, the headline for this article was the threats to democracy. Again, and they highlight Trump. And they talk about President Trump. The, in the coming weeks, the high court is expected to weigh on whether states can for, form, ban former President Trump from the ballot in his role leading up to the January 6th insurrection. It wasn't an insurrection for the Associated Press I used to contribute to the Associated Press regularly as a journalist. As the Associated Press, one of the lead newswires in the world, calling January 6, 2021 an insurrection when it wasn't. We looked at the demonition many times. It's an armed revolt to undermine the authority of a government. 
or trying to undermine the authority of a government, but particularly armed undermining of an authority of government. Um, it was an insurrection. He wasn't convicted of insurrection. It isn't an insurrection. Nobody, nobody's been charged with insurrection. It wasn't insurrection. It was a riot, okay? It wasn't an attack on the Capitol. It was a riot that got out of hand. It wasn't the first time rioters have forced their way into government buildings. That doesn't make an insurrection. An insurrection is a purposeful and planned armed attack to unseat government. That wasn't the aim of what happened on January 6th. They wanted, and it was actually counterproductive of what the aims were of the, the protest, was to get a... Uh, uh, investigation into whether the 2020 presidential election was fair without cheating. And we know that it wasn't just statistically, just the statistic anomaly was, was enough to look into. But they say because Trump, you know, Trump's war on democracy. There's no war on democracy. Trump did not try to undo the democratic process. There was no Russian infiltration of, of the 2016 election. There was no, this is all false. It's all false narrative. It wasn't, but the Democrats most likely did, and we've seen it subsequently, proven cases of election meddling and fraud that we know happened. The very report of a water main break in Georgia was an election interference. Barring Donald Trump from the ballot is election interference, okay? And the Democrats did this. They tried to unseat the Electoral College in 2016. It's election interference. They did the same thing in 2016 trying to change the electors vote, and they actually did it in the primary with Bernie Sanders. That's election interference. Although it's legal, because when it comes down to it, the party laws allows the political party to pick its nominees. So they don't have to rely on the vote of the electorate. So I think it went a little long there. So gotta excuse me, there was a lot of news from the weekend to get through. So thanks for joining me this Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. Uh I'm going to try to get Perry on the line for a, another episode of Tuesdays with Perry. That should be coming up tonight. So it'll be up by tomorrow morning or if you're up late, you can check that out tomorrow. Also, um, or tonight, or late, early in the morning tomorrow. Don't forget to check out my other website, libpop.org. Learn about libertarian populism. And don't forget to like, subscribe. Leave a comment and share the podcast. Uh, that's it for me today. Hope to see you later for another episode with Tuesdays with Perry. If not, I'll see you tomorrow. He's half man, half woman. What? The New World Order. You can't handle the truth. This is all a, this is all a conspiracy, no? This is all a conspiracy. Rooted revelation. Rooted revelation.